You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. Our next reader is, um, we, uh, well, he's been a journalist. He actually still works for the New York Times. Uh, like many of the, like most of the writers um, that have worked here, he always wanted to p- win a Pulitzer Prize. And he, in fact, did, um, unlike most of the writers that have read here. And he's also had a fairly successful uh, comic book in the Chronicle and I guess syndicated other places. What's the name of it? Lady Luck? No. No. Doonesbury. <laughs> Doonesbury. Rudy um, Park. Rudy, Rudy Park. Rudy Park. Okay. I was not a reader of it, but I looked it up today and I obviously forgot the name of it. Uh, since then, he has written three, I would call them, I don't know if they're noir mysteries or thrillers, but they've been quite successful. One has been a bestseller, I believe. The first one was called, um, we got two of them out here. What, what was, I like the titles. Oh, the first was Hooked, then The Devil's Plaything, and then The Cloud. And I think they all have the same um, uh, San Francisco detective, right? Jer- uh Sort of damaged uh, investigative reporter. And Emotionally dam- damaged. Well, you should know. All right. <laughs> All right. Um, and, um, well, let's just push on with it. And uh, we will hear now a selection from our second reader, Matt Richtel. Thank you, Terry. I'm just going to read from the beginning of this, and it's the prologue's a little short, so I might read it few very brief selections that follow. And this um, is the new one. This is the new one, just came out last week. And uh, I'm not going to, there are kind of near science fiction elements, um, science elements to it, but I'm not going to read those because they tend to, they're integral to the plot later on. So <clears throat> I'll just set it up for you. This begins, uh, the prologue begins 12 years ago. Before it was chips in Silicon Valley, it was fruit. Orchards dominated the landscape here, a tapestry of cherries, apricots, and plums, eventually giving way acre by acre to semiconductors and their spawn. Manufacturing, labs, suburban offices, open-air Eichler homes and their knockoffs added enough concrete and density to cause a modest rise in the average temperature. It was sufficient to make the climate less than perfect for farming, But no matter, the conditions remained plenty hospitable for the entrepreneurs, investors, and engineers who combined forces to make magical electronics the region's chief export. On this lazy March afternoon, a fruity fragrance carries on the light wind, a throwback to more pastoral times. Two girls frolic in the front yard of the Menlo Park house with the white picket fence. Without warning, the brown-haired one with the scrawny arms and purple blouse seems struck with an idea and suddenly bolts. She opens the white gate, seeing something, hearing something, something otherwise unseen, 
and runs into a street into the street like a fawn or an or, or an impulsive child half her age. She never sees the Volvo nor its driver her. Quote an inexplicable catastrophe. Unquote. The Palo Alto Daily News bemoans the next day. Quote. It is the likes of which our cozy and insulated part of the world has been so often thankfully spared. What we may ask ourselves over and over without ever getting a satisfactory answer can possibly explain this tragedy, end quote. Roiling change, the complex swirl of progress, a future seductive and foreboding. What can possibly explain this tragedy? The cloud. So that's how the story starts. And um, may I, have I exhausted my time or may I? Not quite. You got about. I'm going until you people nod off. <laughs> so I'm going to read a couple things that are not um, particularly um, integral to the, uh, the plot. But I, I wanted this. I've always thought for some of the joy I've gotten out of science fiction is the respect in which it is almost satirizes our lives or it extrapolates from them. And I've set, I, I like to set my books in San Francisco because I love the place and I also like to extrapolate from the place. So I'm going to read you a couple descriptions of this. This book is very much set in the place and time of uh, either the San Francisco or just around the corner. And I'm going to read you a couple selections from that. And while I find the first one, please think among yourselves. <laughs> I thought I had it marked. I, I'm reading Matt's book right now, and I will tell you that if you're a fan of the Bay Area, it's a great uh, book because it, so many familiar places show up in different scenes. It's really quite nice. Go on. I'm still go looking. Go on. You go on. <laughs> uh, okay, here we go. So um, the, the main character in all three books is named Nat Idol, and in this one, his office is now on Polk. And uh, he says, we, we, and, and after this prologue, some, he, he, in the first chapter, something extraordinary happens to him. And he's now gone back to his office the night after that thing in the first chapter. He says, we, the office tenants of the second floor, keep it locked to dissuade vagrants and the patrons of the retail shop that res resides on the floor below us. It's a sex shop called Green Love that sells sex toys and paraphernalia that are made using sustainable and eco-friendly manufacturing processes and natural resources. Their tagline, guilt-free gasms. And just to follow up that passage, there's a, um, he meets early on this potential femme fatale and she later shows up in front of said office and retail shop and this is their exchange. Uh, <clears throat> she says, uh, I know what you're thinking. He says that you must be pretty concerned to have taken off work and show up at my office in person. And she says that I'm not the sort of girl who loiters in the doorway of an environmentally conscious sex shop. The line, though it feels prepackaged, is delivered with enough poise to catch me off guard. She points in the window to a particularly well-endowed male prosthetic. Hung over it is a piece of string holding a sign that reads BPA free. <laughs> Quote, sure it has no toxic plastic, she says, but is it solar powered? <laughs> Wind, I say, you have to be outside during a category, to use it you have to be outside during a category five storm. 
And I'll leave you with one final one and then yield the floor. If I can find it. I think I've got this one. So also on Polk, he has a favorite little hole-in-the-wall restaurant. Um, <clears throat> he says, um, three doors down is a hole-in-the-wall pizza joint where the dyspeptic Chinese proprietor with a world-class comb-over and perpetual laryngitis doubles as a holistic healer, offering five-minute neck massages in a chair near the brick oven for $10. In Hollywood, everyone aspires to be an actor or writer. In San Francisco, a healer. I've run into a... <laughs> I've run into a lawyer doubling as a yoga instructor and a school teacher who spends her weekends organizing silent retreats in Union Square. Thank you. Well, that's short and sweet. Can you tell us what the cloud is? Or is that a plot device that's it must be hidden? I can't. I, I'll, I'll tell you a, a slightly longer story about the title. There is a, a piece of technology that I, I very much hoped to read to you about and decided it was giving too much away called the Juggler. And I originally, um, it's a, a bit science fiction, and I had initially named this the Juggler, and HarperCollins, my publisher, said, um, I'm, I'm sorry, that sounds like a Batman spinoff. <laughs> to which I now think, um, geez, why would we want to be as successful as a Batman spinoff? <laughs> but... Um, they, they the, my editor at the time, he's since gone, and I have a new one who I like very much, as much as the previous ones. We talked about the cloud because technology and where it is stored plays a role. That's the cloud. However, um, the real meaning to me of the cloud and why I so embrace this title and, and, I'm, and really the core reason I'm excited about the book is it has two other much more um, critical meanings to me. One is the main character is in an emotional, deep emotional and psychological cloud. And the discovery that he makes in, in the book is much more about him. And then also I alluded to, the to this young girl who perishes at the beginning of this book, is hit by a car. She and some other children are, are in a cloud of sorts. And so I'm much more interested in the mental miasma than the technological meeting that, that HarperCollins at least thinks will sell books better than the juggler. But the cloud has something to do with the little girl getting hit by the car, right? I, I'm, I, I haven't actually finished it. No, yes, it does. I haven't read all the way through yet, but I can't, I can't, uh, yes, you're right. You can't reveal that. Okay. I cannot, yes, I cannot reveal it. You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony.